little, little backfire there. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. Um, I'm going to have to go with the strategy of closing my laptop from here on out. <laughs> I like that strategy, Tyler, because <laughs> I've been learning my lesson. Um, we are the Fantasy Football Fathers. This is our podcast. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Yellow. You can find us on the Twitter at the FF Fathers. And if you're new to the show, this is a new show itself. Uh, our first year recording the podcast, but we've been playing fantasy football for a very, very long time. So our goal is to bring you our knowledge and experience um, for this season and then hopefully get into some more detailed stuff throughout the off season. And yeah. So right now we're doing waiver wire shows every Tuesday and matchups later in the week, <laughs> either on Thursday, Friday and or Saturday potentially. So just keep an eye out for that. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. We post all of our shows there or uh, subscribe on wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, then you automatically get a notification when we post a new episode. So uh, in this specific episode, we already covered our the early games in our previous matchup episode this week. So if you are looking for the early games, that would be the 1 o'clock Eastern games. Um, make sure you go listen to that on our previous episode. But here we're going to do the late games and our starts of the week. So let's get right into it then. Um the Detroit Lions taking on the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Denver Broncos are eight and a half point favorites, and the over under is forty two points right now. Uh, we all finally got the Javante Williams week we we're wanting all season. Woo! <laughs> yes, <laughs> a game in which Melvin Gordon was not involved uh, because he was out. Um, you know, it was kind of funny on Twitter. A lot of people were saying, watch Javante Williams go for, you know, 10 rushing attempts, like 30-something yards or whatever, and, and no touchdowns. But instead, he had a big game. Um, proved to be who we thought he was. Um, 23 rushing attempts, 102 yards on the ground, nine targets through the air, six receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown. RB1 on the week. RB1 on the week. Um, I think we were talking about it earlier, Trey. He has the second most tackles, second most broken tackles in the league behind only um, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. But that's a way less juicy stat when you consider that, like, in college, he has the most broken tackles per touch all time. And when you consider his NFL stats for people who have a minimum of 100 carries, he has the most broken tackles per carry. Right, all time, very small sample size. But with him being number two this year on a small sample size and being number one all time per carry, I mean everything just adding up for him. And just being number two in the whole league with the amount of attempts that he's had, he's been splitting a backfield the entire season. So that's really impressive. I mean, he is climbing up the dynasty ranks quickly um, at the running back position. Uh, but for this week specifically, he's a must-start either way, right? Whether Gordon plays or not, 
Gordon was quoted saying he feels like he'll be able to go. Um, he was limited Wednesday and Thursday, and it's looking like he'll play. But you're starting Javante either way. And are you starting Melvin Gordon if he does play? Yeah, I think you're starting both of them. Um, the matchup is, is too good. Um, I know some people are thinking that after Williams you know, goes off um, on his own that they're going to think that Melvin Gordon is going to take a back seat. I don't think that happens. I think they go right back to where they were and, you know, doing this like almost exact 50-50 split. Yeah, I could I could see it going right back, especially with Melvin Gordon contract year. Like he wants to play. Right. Denver knows that they have Javante for the next, you know, right. three seasons after this. Like they know. They, they know have. what they have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they know they got uh, a workhorse and they want to keep him healthy. So they're not going to force him to take 100 percent of snaps if they don't have to. Um, and Melvin Gordon's certainly capable, you know, when he gets chances as well. So I, I agree. I think you can start them both. Uh, but the Denver receiver situation, now that's um, been pretty terrible as of late. Um, Sutton is the wide receiver 97 um, since week eight. Judy in that same time frame is the wide receiver 49. Tim Patrick is the wide receiver 56 since week eight. So they've all been pretty much unstartable. Um, but are you taking a chance on them against the Detroit Lions this week? And if so, who is it? Who, which one are you taking a shot on? Kind of like I was saying in the last episode with the Cowboys receiving core, I'm going with the best receiver on the receiving core, I feel like, Jerry Judy. But I'm curious what you guys feel about it. That honestly is just off of just, like I said in the last episode, that's off of like film, not fantasy perspective. Yeah, no, completely agree. Jerry Judy is definitely the best receiver on this team. Quentin Sutton, he may have lost a step from since tearing the ACL last year, which sucks for him. Um, but he kind of is like a poor man's DK Metcalf. <laughs> like he's he's a big body receiver, but he's not as fast and not as shifty. So um, it's got to be Judy all the way if they're if you're going to play any of them. Yeah, I mean, Sutton had some flashes earlier in the year with Jerry Judy out. Um, but for me, I'm I'm kind of avoiding this wide receiver core for right now. Um, if, if I had to play one, I think it would be Jerry Judy. But even then, I'm, I'm – I mean, I think there's other options out there right now until you see some proof of concept, right? Judy hasn't been great since he came back, so – I'm hesitant to start him. Oh, I, I definitely agree. That, I just want to point out that the Lions have only allowed um, two or more touchdowns to receivers all year, um, only three times. Yeah, that's another thing. I think Denver's going to be able to run the ball you know, pretty easily in this game, and I think they're going to lean on that heavily. I mean, it averages out to be like, 0.8 like per game. There's many games where they they have zero touchdowns allowed to receivers. They have not played the best receiving core, I'll be honest, like in, in like their previous games, but they definitely are holding their own. Um, and Noah Fant, I think, has to be brought up as well. Um, it's been since week six since he's really done much. He's got a really low floor right now, and he's tight end sixteen on the season. Um, for me, I'm I'm not starting Noah Fant. Um, are you guys? Ah man, you're just gonna put me on the spot there. Honestly, <laughs> I know it's. it's I, think, I like how we like mirrored our fucking. Ed, you guys our did head the same exact thing, yeah. <laughs> um, 
it's tough though. I mean, he's literally tied in 16 on the season. Well, um, just because of like how how talented their offense is, that makes me fade him. Usually, looking at like his stats with his snap percentage and his his targets are all right, around like five games, something like that. But when when you're surrounded with like three receivers that they plan on keeping around for a long time, two right. great running backs, one that's probably the future of the, the franchise, he he's kind of he gets left in the dust, which sucks. Even though they drafted him high, yeah. So it, it's it, it's hard to take, but at this point, he's literally he's in a crowd. Yeah, I have to agree. Plus the match, I mean, they give up a lot of points to Titans, but um, with not getting that many targets, especially in the red zone too. The Lions have only given up one touchdown to tight end so far this year. Wow. So that means, like, no fan it has to be stayed away from. Uh, what about the other side of the ball here, shifting to the Lions? Swift did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, and it's looking more likely that he'll miss his second straight game with that shoulder sprain. Um, Williams, on the other hand, Jamal Williams, that is, uh, went 17 attempts for 71 yards on the ground. He had one target, one reception for nine yards and a fumble in last week's game without DeAndre Swift playing. Um, if Swift is out, do you consider Jamal Williams an RB2, an RB3, um, you know, like flex option or how do you, where do you place him at if with Swift out? RB2 easily. Um, he was almost my start of the week. Wow. But when I look at how running backs have performed against the Broncos, it's um, definitely disheartening. And that's why I leaned away from him with my start of the week. But um, I think everyone here knows what Jamal Williams is, a very tough running back, and he's capable of proving people wrong. Yeah, I think you can definitely consider him an RB two with Swift out. Um, if Swift is playing, you gotta you gotta play Swift. <laughs> um, Hawkinson, on the other hand, he's um, during the the portion of Thursday's session that was open to the media. Apparently, Hawkinson was spotted with a heavy tape job on his left hand. Uh, that's from Justin Rogers of the Detroit News. Shout out Rodgers. Uh, Hawkinson's downgrade from limited Wednesday to no activity one day later could just be you know maintenance related, but um, really Friday's injury report is going to tell us what we need to know. If he logs a full practice, then it was just maintenance related and he's good to go. Um, if he's limited or sits out another day, then there's some. If especially if he sits out, then there's some definite worry there. Um, but if he's playing two deep, he's gotten two touchdowns in the last two games. You have to start him. Um, the receivers are a bit of a question mark right now because there's no question. You're not playing any of them. <laughs> well, Hey, look, Josh Reynolds in the last, since they've had him stop, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> for weeks, 12 and 13, he's fourth in the league in average depth of target. He's their downfield guy that they've been wanting all season. And um, he went, you know, seven targets, four receptions for 69 yards last week. It's not terrible. Um, so in really deep leagues, I think you can play him. In fact, I have played him in deep leagues, and I've been okay with it. Like picked up for free off the waiver wire, and he's giving you some production. Um, um, Amon Ra St. Brown, on the other hand, had 12 targets, 10 receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown last week. 
Is that enough for you to consider a, a flex-worthy option? No, I just I don't want to play either one of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I'm not very interested, but it is worth noting that the offensive coordinator for the Lions said he does want to get the wide receivers more involved, which who knows what that means. But It only took them 14 weeks to figure that out. <laughs> I'll be honest. When I, when I saw that, I was just like, nice try. Yeah, that's honestly my first reaction. Like, nice try. I'm not biting. But I think I think Reynolds really can open the field up a little bit for Amon Ra um, underneath in in the middle of the field because he he does have some deep threat capabilities. So defenses are learning to respect that. Could Amon Ra reach the pyramid of his abilities? Egyptian. <laughs> <reference>. <laughs> I know it's just yeah. It's, yeah it's, you you stretch on that one. <laughs> Is your hamstring okay? You went a little hard. I stretch on all of them, dude. Hey, you gotta take your shots, right? Uh, Giants taking on the Chargers uh, in L.A. The Chargers are ten point favorites. The over under is forty three points. Um, starting on the Chargers side of the ball, Herbert's a start, right? Uh, Eckler's obviously a start. Um, Keenan Allen. Um, is he's got the vid, um, but apparently Keenan Allen is vaccinated, so he still has a chance to play in week 14. Um, he landed on the COVID-19 list on Monday. He'll need to be asymptomatic and return two negative tests in a 24 hour or that are 24 hours apart in order to play on Sunday. So keep an eye on that. Um, it's, pretty much up in the air right now because those things are kept pretty privately until it's you know widely available so um but if Keenan Allen's playing you got to play him um I found a stat he's third in the league in targets it's kind of crazy makes sense if you look at his career stats (laughs) yeah Yeah. literally probably top seven for the last seven years at least for seven's sake yeah (laughs) I mean, and honestly, if you listened to our episode last week, you heard us praise Keenan Allen for his just consistency year in, year out, week in, week out. Which means do not draft him next year. Curse. How dare, <laughs> how dare you? Well, and he came down with two touchdowns last week, so that was nice to see. If all three of us like somebody, then something is wrong. <laughs> uh, Mike Williams, on the other hand, um, was considered a close contact Um um, with COVID positive Keenan Allen on Monday. So Williams, he could be cleared to return to the team on Saturday, um, but he has to have a negative test on Saturday. So, but if Mike Williams is going and Keenan Allen isn't, Mike Williams is an absolute must start, right? Um, but what if Keenan Allen's playing? How do you feel about Mike Williams? They're both must starts if they play. Mike Williams will play. And if Keenan Allen does play, then he's a must-start also. Okay. If you want to hear why, then uh, either skip to the end of the episode or wait till the end. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you why. I got some good stats for you. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, they're probably both must-starts regardless. Um, the Giants have given up 38 points per game to receivers the last four weeks, which is uh, fourth worst in the league. So, yeah, they're both must-starts. And Jalen Guyton was kind of a hot waiver wire ad throughout the week because of the COVID issues with uh, Allen and Williams. 
He had four targets last week, four receptions, 90 yards, and a touchdown. He's still only rostered in 22% of leagues. That's of this afternoon on Sleeper. Um, Could be a solid wider three option if Williams or Allen have any issues getting cleared of COVID. Um, do you guys agree, or do you are you so confident in the fact that Williams and Allen will play that you're not worried worrying about picking up Guyton and possibly flexing him? I'm extremely confident Williams is going to play because he tested negative today. And I would assume the NFL has good tests, some of the better on the market, and it's not a false negative. So um, I would assume he's going to be negative for the rest of the week and he's going to play. All he has to do is post negative on Saturday and he's good to go. So if Williams plays and Allen doesn't, you wouldn't consider starting Jalen Guyton? Well, that's what I'm saying. I was going to get to if. Allen doesn't play. I do consider Jalen Guyton um, an, an extra little teaser for you. Two receivers against the Giants tend to do very well if both of the receivers are competent. <laughs> <laughs> capable, competent, and yeah. Y- you know what I'm saying. If they're capable of putting up good games, you know, if, if they're a good receiver, if, if it's two good receivers, they're going to have good games. Interesting. Ty, are you of the same sentiment, or are you just avoiding Guyton? No, no, no. I'm, I'm actually on board with Guyton as long as Allen is out. Um, I think he's a good play. I mean, he hasn't done a whole lot this year until last week. But if you look, um, every other game this year, I mean, he's basically had two targets and one catch in each game. But his targets, or his, his depth of target on those are like 19 yards. Yeah. So, I mean, he's also a big play threat. Um, if he gets more of a chance, it seems like he'll put up points plus. Did you see his touchdown catch last week? Um, yes. Dude got rocked and still getting yeah. out of the ball. So yeah, it was a great catch. So he, you know, he he's got hands. Yeah, and uh, moving on to the tight end position, I think we're just still avoiding this, right? For the Chargers, four different tight ends played at least twenty five percent of snaps last week. I'll explain this and with this little story on Twitter earlier. I saw somebody asked if they should start Jared Cook. Actually, it was on Facebook. And I just laughed to myself. You mean the metaverse? The met, yeah, the what, meta? whatever. I was, I, was, I was in the social book thing. <laughs> I was social media-ing on the interwebs. And I laughed at someone thinking about starting Jared Cook. Yeah. Because it, it, it's a joke at this point. Their tight end room is a joke, fantasy-wise. There's too many people playing. Like, Have you guys ever heard a stat like that? An NFL team playing four tight ends yeah. at least 25% of the time? Like. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, they're 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 rotating them in for sure. What's wrong? Conditioning? Like why there's no way you have four guys no, with four. It's probably one of those coaches things sets. where like he feels like no one's gone out and earned the job yet, so he's It's cause none of them are that good. Right. Like Jared Cook like has always shown flashes of brilliance and then you know, gone been non existent in other weeks. Jared Cook was great. You can take that back now. He not he is not great now. No, but he <laughs> no, was. no. He showed flashes of brilliance. Especially with Rogers. While being great. Um <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh moving on to the New York Giants. Uh Saquon was limited on both Wednesday and Thursday. He was seen heavily taped on Thursday but looked okay in drills. Um but pay attention to his status um on Friday. Um He's, if he's active, you're playing him. The Chargers are giving up the fifth most fantasy points per game to the running back position. Um, so for me, if he's active and he's playing and you drafted him, you're playing him. 
Um, it's also a plus matchup against the Chargers. Right, plus matchup. Um, it looks like Lennon's going to be the starter again. Uh, he's working his way through the concussion protocol, um, and they already said if he's cleared, he's going to get another start. If not, it's Jake from State Farm. Uh, Tony. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tony. You got me on that. I'm not gonna lie. That that one tickled my funny bone. <laughs> Tony was limited at practice for the first time since week 11. Um, but are you guys intrigued in playing any of the receivers with Glennon at quarterback? All of them are pretty much banged up. They're all dealing with injuries. Um, for me right now, I'm kind of just avoiding these receivers. <laughs> And Irby always puts in a picture of Glennon's <laughs> neck into the document. Jesus, Add, man. Adds a page that and a half. Is, that is a neck. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole but, page of um, His name should be Jeffrey. Come on. Yeah. Uh, that that leans me into saying, if it's Glennon or Fromm, uh, it's my typical go-to of fantasy. Um, you lean on the tight end when it comes to veteran quarterbacks, backup younger quarterbacks. Well, that and was- Evan Ingram did lead in receiving last week. So, besides none of the receivers, only Evan Ingram. That's what I'm saying. Oh, God, I just got chills. Uh, that's the next guy on the list. I was going to say, Chargers is giving up the third most fantasy points to the tight end position. Um, and with all those receivers banged up for New York, with, like Trey said, Tyler, are you giving Ingram a shot this week? Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, oh, God. I don't want to, but I think you, I think. You have to, honestly. Yeah. Like it's lining up for, you know, he should get some, get a good amount of targets and some red zone work if they make it to that part of the field. <laughs> yeah, let's let's move on. He's a streamable tight end. Forty Nine ers taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Forty Nine ers are one and a half point favorites. Over unders forty eight and a half points. Um, so a decent over under here, uh, Mitchell, uh, Elijah Mitchell, that is, um, reported concussion sy- symptoms on Monday. Um, he was absent from Wednesday's set Wednesday. Oh my God. Wednesday's session. There we go. Um, which was attributed to a near knee irritation. I'm struggling right now. Um, so James forgot English last, like 30 <laughs> seconds. I know I'm. I'm really scared because I have Mitchell's in so many <laughs> leagues. <laughs> this is just like something I don't want to read. Um, but it's not looking great because not only does he have the concussion from the game last week, but now he's having knee issues. Um, so it's it's not looking great. Like he hasn't practiced all week, um, but he does get one extra day to practice um or at least one more chance uh on Friday. So pay attention to the Friday practice report, but it, right now it's looking like Mitchell's probably not going to play. Um with that said, it it'll probably be a, a combination of Jeff Wilson and Jamichael Hasty. Um but Wilson also hurt his knee in the past game against Sunday. Uh but did get a limited session in on Wednesday and a full practice in on Thursday. So it's looking like Jeff Wilson's going to be good to go. I'm in the opinion that it's going to be pretty split 
between these two backs. If I had to lean one way, I would say Jeff Wilson, just because the only time Jamichael Hasty is ever pushed into action or involved is when he's the last man standing. Um, he kind of seems to be their last choice, um, <laughs> outside of Trey Sermon, of course. Um, how do you guys feel? Is there one that you like more than the other, as far as Wilson and Hasty? Absolutely not. If Elijah Mitchell doesn't play, I don't want to start either of these guys. If I had to choose, I'd choose Jeff Wilson. But you're in the field of don't even start either of them? What if you're like the Mitchell manager and you have Wilson and Hasty on your bench? I'm starting Wilson. I'm picking up the waiver wire. No, um, you probably <laughs> have to go with Wilson. I mean, the waiver wire is super thin at running back, so you don't have a choice. Yeah. Um, honestly, the thing is, if Mitchell's out and Debo plays, Debo probably becomes RB1 for this team. Yeah, well, Debo's also dealing with his growing injury. He did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Shanahan was hoping Debo would get back to drills on Thursday, but that didn't happen. Um, so he's another guy you really have to pay attention to the injury report on Friday and see what his status is. But I, I, I agree, Tyler. Even if he doesn't practice all week and he's active, you still have to play him, right? Uh, 100%. Um, And I think that makes Brandon Ayuk uh, another startable week here for Brandon Ayuk. Six targets last week. You know, you only turned that into three receptions for 55 yards, but Kittle basically dominated all of the passing work last week. He attributed for more than 60% of their total passing yards. Um, So with Debo being banged up and possibly not playing, do you consider Ayuk, you know, a, a solid wide receiver two, maybe a wide receiver three? Hmm. Oh, that's a tough one for me. I like how you like sauntered up. <laughs> so wide receiver three, obviously it'd be like you're flexing him. So um, for me, he's a wide receiver two. Low end or wide receiver two, but. Well, we already went over Brandon Ayuk or Russell Gage, right? Yeah. Yeah. Still Russell Gage all the way for me. Yeah. Um, I think if. If Debo's out, Ayuk is certainly startable. Um, the second Debo's in there, though, like Ayuk becomes the distant third option in the passing game behind him and Kittle. So I think it all depends on Debo's health. Um, Kittle must start 12 targets last week, 9 receptions, 181 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, so that's easy. On the other side of the ball, the Bengals, Jamar Chase, He's kind of cooled off after his strong start, uh, but still had eight targets last week and was really, really close to coming down with a touchdown, which would have kind of saved his fantasy day, uh, but unfortunately he did not. So um, he kind of played third fiddle to the other two. Um, Higgins did not practice Wednesday. He was limited Thursday coming off that huge game of 14 targets, nine receptions, 138 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, and then you have Boyd, who had seven targets last week, five receptions, 85 yards. How do you guys feel about this receiving core? And, you know, has Higgins done enough now? To where you're automatically like he's locked into your fantasy lineups 
starting. I, I think he's done enough now, but I'm not like confident in starting him just because it's such a toss-up between these three receivers. But it's nice to see in the last four weeks or five games that he's played, he's had double digits and half PPR. Yeah, um, I think Boyd's still the the guy you don't want to be playing. Um, Higgins shows, you know, huge potential to be like a wide receiver too. But I think he's still a flex play at this point, just because it is you know still too inconsistent. Yeah, the Niners have only allowed two hundred twenty three. Point three receiving yards per game, although they've allowed the seventh most fantasy points per game to receivers in the last three weeks. So as of late, the Niners have been a little bit more giving to the receivers. Um, for me, Chase is a must start. Higgins, if he's healthy and active, I'm happy to start him. But yeah, I agree. Tyler Tyler Boyd is third fiddle for me and the one that I'm not starting. Gage or Higgins? Higgins. Um, I, that one's tough because Higgins is you know the second receiver versus the number one receiver for Atlanta. Um, depending on what you call Kyle Pitts, but well, Kyle Pitts has done crap since week seven, as we've determined. So, yeah. Um, but Gage has only been good for like two weeks. Well, that's tough. Uh, Higgins only because the. Bengals offense is better. Um, Joe Mixon must start, um, but he is dealing with what is it? Now I gotta look here. A finger and a knee injury. That's right. Finger and a knee injury, and um, if he doesn't play, it's Samaje P. Ryan. Uh, Joe Mixon did not practice on Thursday again, so which he's dealing with an illness. So I don't know where you get the finger in. Oh no, I yeah. thought you were talking about Joe Burrow. Ah, uh, Mixon. <laughs> uh, okay, never mind. Forget what I said. Yeah, I was like threw that threw me off a little bit. He's dealing with an illness that's apparently not COVID related, um, and did not practice again on Thursday. So keep an eye out on Friday, right? If he's at practice, you're playing him because he'll probably be active. If not, you probably already picked up Samaj P. Ryan. Um, and if Mixon, for whatever reason, doesn't play, you're starting uh, Samaj P. Ryan. Um, Joe Burrow is dealing with a finger and knee injury and was limited in practice Thursday. Hasn't been too great as of late. Do you feel like Joe Burrow is a streaming option um, this week against the Niners? That's kind of why I asked like the Russell Gage T Higgins question. Just with him being injured, it, for me personally, it makes me I don't want to start anybody on their offense besides um, Joe Mixon if he's healthy, and maybe Samaje P Ryan if he's not. <laughs> um. I think he's a decent stream. I mean, San Francisco is giving up a ton of points to receivers the last four weeks, uh, almost 38 points a game, fifth worst in the league at a, in that time frame. Um, Thanks for stealing my start of the week stat for Jamar Chase. But, uh, uh, oops. Sorry about that there, bud. It's all good. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, though, they've actually been pretty strong against quarterbacks in that time frame, which is super confusing, uh, top 10 in the league at that time. So that honestly doesn't make sense to me. Um, but either 
neither here or there. Um, I think Burrow is a decent stream as long as he is healthy. But it's hard with the finger thing because he was clearly affected by it last week. Yeah. I think Trey brings up a good point. It's all going to run through Burrow, right, outside of maybe Joe Mixon. But um, if Burrow's struggling, then that offense is going to struggle. Uh, but let's move on. The Buffalo Bills taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are three and a half point favorites over under 53 and a half points. Uh, starting on the Buffalo side, Allen, Josh Allen was terrible last week, but they're playing in that 20 mile per hour wind. Um, so I wouldn't look too much into that. He's absolutely a must start this week. Considering, you know, where the books think this over-under is, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Bills are going to have to put up some points, and Allen's going to have to throw the ball a lot because they can't run the ball, and they definitely can't run the ball against Tampa Bay. Um, Stephon Diggs, same story, must start, should have a good game. But how do you feel about Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders, that is? Um, It looks, you know, on paper like a, a matchup you should start him in, but it's... It's been tough for Emmanuel Sanders as of late. Um, For me, it's kind of one of those situations where, yes, on paper, it does look like a good matchup, but I wouldn't get cute starting Emmanuel Sanders until you can see some sort of production again like we saw at the beginning of the year. Uh, I think these games late in the fantasy season are way too important, but how do you guys feel? Do you think you can start Emmanuel Sanders this week? I am definitely thinking so. I'm looking at the Buccaneers' schedule, and if you really look at it, they haven't really played uh, that many good quarterbacks this year. So, like, their their defensive stats might be a little bit inflated. Like, the two best quarterbacks that pop off their schedule will be uh, Dak Prescott week one, Jared Goff, or not Jared Goff, Matthew, Matthew Stafford in week three. I mean, other than that, the next best guy, honestly, is Matt Ryan. Like, I mean, they, uh, or maybe Tua, but I mean, they're playing like early Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, um, Justin Fields, Heineke, Daniel Jones, Jameis Winston. Like uh, their stats might be inflated by playing a bunch of like the lesser quarterbacks of the league is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, I think the story all season has kind of been you can throw on them a lot easier than you can run on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so, you know, I, that's why I said, I, I think you can get with playing Sanders and I, I definitely think you could, but for me personally, I just don't, I don't like how inconsistent he's been to, to, to drive my point home. Uh, the, the bucks are averaging, giving up like 260 yards a game all year, but I mean, the three times they played decent quarterbacks, 300 plus every time, 300, 343 and 403 to Dak. Like, I mean. All the other games, are they're playing subpar quarterbacks and holding them to below league average. So You're playing below league average quarterbacks, though. Would you play Emmanuel Sanders or Russell Gage? <laughs> Russell Gage, just because of opportunity. But Emmanuel Sanders is literally like right there. For Sanders me. or Higgins? Sanders. You're Sanders both of those two, Tyler? Or uh, Gage or Sanders? No, uh, I'm off Sanders. Okay. Um, I've, for me, I'm I'm on the opposite side of this. Uh, you know, obviously you have uh, the, the John uh, Allen uh, Diggs. Sorry, Stephon Diggs. <laughs> <laughs> totally his name. 
Uh, obviously, has Stephon Diggs, and I think your wide receiver two on this team is actually Dawson Knox. Um, I think those are the only two pass catchers I'm really wanting to start. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in that same boat. Um, speaking of Dawson Knox, he you know could have had a much better game last week, dropped that touchdown to win the game. It was a tough catch, but um, Dawson Knox is still a must-start at tight end uh, for me and especially this week. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Any of the running backs for Buffalo? Probably not. Don't start them. Um, on the other side of the ball, Tom Brady, yes. Start him. Um, even against Buffalo, yes. Start him. Um, Evans and Godwin. Godwin. Yeah, we saw what they could do last week without Antonio Brown in the picture. Godwin had a monster game. Evans had a really good game as well. Um, they're both must starts. Um, week in and week out. Uh, what about the backfield though? Fournette still some. He's just probably one of the most surprising players for me this year. Um, I just thought Ronald Jones would be a, more involved, but. Um, the amount of work is is serious for Fournette. He's third in the league in targets for running backs behind Najee and Eckler and tied with Swift. So he's an absolute must start, you know, no question about it. Um, and if you got Fournette on your team this year, you're happy as hell. And I know you're all surprised as well because <laughs> anyone who drafted Fournette did not expect what they've gotten so far this year. Uh, Gronk. He's the number one tight end when he's healthy. For fantasy in the NFL, um, I think we were talking about that a little bit earlier, Trey, or when we number were watching the Number one overall. Yeah. So Gronk's absolute must start. I mean, they're going to get him the ball. Tom's going to get him the ball. The chemistry's there. Um, but the matchup doesn't scare you guys at all. Bill's giving up the fourth fewest points per game to the tight end position. Their chemistry is match proof. I don't care. <laughs> they're they're in Tampa also. Yep. Yeah. Um the only guy I'm slightly worried about in this matchup for Tampa is Fournette, only because the Bills are so good against the run also. But I mean you're you're still starting him. I I don't think there's I'm not scared like running away from any of the Tampa players that you start week in and week out in this game just because of the matchup. Yeah, I don't think you can. And, you know, the the targets that he gets through the air and stuff, like, yeah, Fournette, you have to start. Um, Moving on to Sunday night football here. The Bears taking on the Packers in Lambeau. The Packers are 12.5-point favorites. The over-under is 43 points. Um, Starting on the Packers' side, I think Rodgers has a big game this week. Um, For me, he's a must-start at quarterback. Uh, easy top 12 play, I think. Um, you guys feel the same about Raj? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's playing the Bears. Yeah, in Lambeau, Sunday Night Football, yeah. coming off a of bye. Um, if you all remember earlier, earlier in the year, he owns them. He is part owner of the team. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aaron Jones uh, was active in week 12 before they had the bye. He came back just a week later after the MCL sprain. Um, which surprised everyone, but the Packers did limit his play quite a bit in Week 12, uh, which led to a big game for A.J. Dillon. Um, but Aaron Jones should be 100% um, coming into Week 14, and for that, he is a must-start. Um, but do you consider A.J. Dillon flex-worthy? Is he an RB3, in your opinion, even with Aaron Jones playing? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. He's been posting double-digit points for four weeks straight in half PPR, which is great, especially in this horrible running back landscape. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think he's earned the – even when before Aaron Jones got hurt, um, Dylan was flirting with that flex play anyways. So um, I think that they could look into using both of them as the rest of the season goes on to keep him healthy for the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I think you can flex him. Um, Devontae Adams – obviously must start but MVS he saw 10 targets and then nine targets in the two weeks before their bye week last week um in my opinion I think the Packers are really trying to take more shots down the field with MVS and make that a every week part of the game plan um in my opinion he's kind of like a wide receiver high end wide receiver four low end wide receiver three ish um, flex-worthy kind of territory. Um, but I, for the most part, I, I kind of want to see at least one more game with a decent amount of targets before I'm for sure starting him. Yeah, um, it's just, it, it's tough. Like, Because it, a couple-week span is not enough sample size for his career and how much like Aaron will right. completely ignore him for, for games. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and not to mention like you you know the way Aaron is. Aaron is like the Randall Bill, Cobb also out. Yeah, there's that. But Bill like uh, Aaron Rodgers, I swear, guys, like the Bill Belichick version of like quarterbacks in the NFL, where like you piss him off and he's like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> like like MVS drops one pass and Aaron Rodgers won't even look at him the rest of the game. Nah, man, not even in the huddle. That's how it is. <laughs> like he's not messing around, and he's you know been able to get it done with other guys without names before so he he's quick to move on but i i really think they like mvs and they're going to try to get him more involved so if you have him on your bench great stash him if you're in a need of a desperate flex i think he is flexible um on the other side of the ball justin fields is back healthy and getting the start in this game so you know, we've had the last, what, three weeks with Andy Dalton and kind of seen how the team operates with Andy Dalton at the helm. Now Justin Fields is coming back, which leaves with a, us with a lot of question marks. Um, Allen Robinson, he's missed the last three weeks with a hamstring. He said he, he intends on playing, um, but that doesn't mean you should start him. <laughs> Don't start Allen Robinson. Right. <laughs> no, not, yeah, not at all. Okay. Uh, Darnell Mooney is the real question mark. Uh, with Justin Fields coming back, do you do you like starting Mooney this week against the Packers? Potentially getting Jair Alexander back. It's not for sure yet. But he is practicing. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, say the same thing. The problem is that like when Fields is played, Mooney's not gotten the touch the looks he saw the last three weeks with Dalton. Yeah. I mean, if you look, it's crazy. So in the game that Justin Fields got hurt and they pulled him out when he played just over 50% of snaps, he only threw the ball 11 times and somehow Darnell Mooney ended up with 16 targets that game. (laughs) So that means that they all came from Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. And so that just, that's super scary. That means that really the only guy on the Bears you're even considering starting is uh, Montgomery. Right. Yeah, I think you start Montgomery. Um, and Cole Commit, 
Jimmy Graham is stealing all of his touchdowns. <laughs> Um, I think Komet has one touchdown on the season, but Jimmy Graham has been vulturing all the rest of them. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jimmy had one catch, one target, one touchdown last week, um, in which the play literally Cole Komet was a blocker. So for me, I, he's just not startable right now at tight end. Yeah, he actually hasn't scored yet this year. Oh, he hasn't scored any touchdowns. Oh, I was even... <laughs> I was even uh, buffering him a little bit there. What about you, Trey? You like Cole Komet, or are you still going down that road? I give him a shot just because it's a rookie quarterback and it's a tight end. I always like tight ends and rookie quarterbacks. <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy Graham, old grandpa Jimmy, doesn't scare you away at all? No, because the tight end's like a security blanket. Every time that Justin Fields panics, which – their offensive line is horrible. He's going to panic the whole game. He'll be looking for Komet the whole time. Um, moving on to the Monday night game, the Rams taking on the Cardinals. The Cardinals are two and a half point favorites over unders 51 and a half points. Uh, this should be a good game, man. I'm excited to watch this one. Um, Murray, you know, he looked healthy and back last week and, and good to go. Um, four touchdowns on the day, I believe. He's an absolute must start. Um, and I think so is Hopkins, who looked back and healthy and looked like their only capable receiver last week. I know the weather was bad, but um, they were definitely targeting Hopkins, um, majority of the time. Um, so Hopkins a must start. But what about the other receivers? To me, they all seem very boomer bust at this point. And I don't like starting any of them. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. It's Hopkins and then roll the dice. Yeah, for that reason, I don't start. Like, I would start, um, like, some of the other guys we were talking about. Like, I would start Darnell Mooney over any of the other Cardinal receivers for sure. What about you, guys? <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I think I'd probably agree with that, actually. At least it seems like Mooney, even with Fields back, should be the number one option in that passing game. Right. That's a tough one. I'd, I'd probably go Mooney, yeah. Um, Zach Ertz, he was limited in practice on Thursdays, dealing with that shoulder injury um, from the last game. But it was good to see him back at practice. Um, as long as he doesn't have any setbacks, he should be good to go for this game on Monday. Um, in my opinion, if he's good to go and healthy, Zach Ertz is a startable tight end option. Um, the Cardinals have shown that they want to utilize the tight end. Um, they were doing that with Max Williams before he got hurt, and they've been doing that with Zach Ertz since they traded for him. Uh, so for me, I like Zach Ertz, but it is a little sketchy because he does play on Monday and he's dealing with an injury. So make sure you have other options, um, and pay attention to his Friday, Saturday reports. Um, and obviously the reports before the game start on Sunday. So, uh, little, uh, you know, pick him here, Zach Ertz or Kyle Pitts. Oh, Zach Ertz, definitely. 
Yeah, I think I would go with Zach Ertz. Yeah, if he's healthy and playing. Interesting. Um, it's it's close. I think I'm gonna lean towards Pitts just because there's so many more options for the Cardinals. Um, but uh, that one's tough. You know, Pitts is as we you know have noted earlier, or I think it was in the last episode now, that uh, he just has been really bad and. Cardinals do want to get the tight ends involved, but I mean they have a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. So I don't, I, that, I think I'd only leave lean towards Pitts because of that. Yeah, I kind of lean towards the better offense. You know what I mean? Like uh, that's fair. There's <laughs> Falcons have shown that they there will be games where they will not do jack shit, and <laughs> Zach Ertz at least there's the opportunities there to score touchdowns. Unlike uh, Pitts, who I believe only has one touchdown on the season but could be wrong again. <laughs> uh, with the Cardinals' backfield, um, you know, at this point. You've been vindicated. He yeah. only has the one. Okay. <laughs> um, I knew I was looking at a tight end with only one touchdown at some point today. Uh, James Conner, um, you're starting him whether Edmonds plays or not this week, I think, right? Chase Edmonds, he's dealing with the ankle injury. He's designated to return from uh, injured reserve on Thursday, um, which started the 21 day window, um, uh, before he has to be activated for a game. Uh, you're going to have to pay attention to the practice reports to see how quickly Edmonds is progressing. Uh, but Friday should tell us a lot. Um, but it's looking more and more unlikely that he'll probably not play this week. So James Conner obviously is going to be a must start. Um, but I think you're starting either way, which has chase Edmonds working off the injury, um, and keep Edmonds on your bench. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Stafford got to start. Um, you know, he's been putting up top 12 performances, I think through most of the season. Uh, obviously Cooper cup, you're starting. Uh, but what about Odell Beckham jr? Um, I think he's a real question mark. Five targets last week, two receptions, 28 yards, but one of them was a touchdown against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like between him and Van Jefferson, Jefferson had eight targets last week, six receptions, 41 yards, and also had a touchdown. You know, I like Van Jefferson, I think, more right now um, in this offense. But how do you guys feel? Yeah, I definitely feel the same way. Um, Cardinals have been really good against receivers all year. Uh, only allowed more than 200 yards once. Now it's to the Rams in week four. That's like a, a, a whole receiving core. So, um, you know, take 200 divided by three and give Beckham less. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Van Jefferson or Darnell Mooney? Jefferson. Yeah, Van Jefferson. And I think it goes back to the same argument we just had against Pitts and Ertz. It's the better offense. Yeah. I could see that. I'm almost leaning Mooney, though, in that, which is funny. I like how the same like, I know, the same just... argument on a different position, and we were on opposite sides. Yeah. I, I just I believe that the Bears, you know, like, they want to get Mooney involved. It's just whether or not they can um, with Fields. But we know Stafford can get Van right. Jefferson and Odell Beckham Jr. involved. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, okay. Van Jefferson. So, 
so really what we're looking at is start Van Jefferson and sit OBJ? I think you can play all three receivers. Okay. I think at this point in the season, um, o- they're clearly getting Odell back into it. He's getting healthier. Um, I mean, the week before the game against Jacksonville in Green Bay, he had 10 targets. So right. they're clearly getting him involved. He's getting more comfortable in the, in the offense, um, and it's similar to Arizona where like there's a lot of mouths to feed, but they all can eat on any given week. Um, and Daryl Henderson for the running back uh, position there in L.A., He's uh, he was limited in practice on Thursday, uh, but it was a walkthrough due to them playing on Monday. So Friday will be uh, more of a real practice, um, and that should be a real telling sign. If he practices in full on Friday, he should be good to go. Um, even if he put logs a limited practice Friday, he'll probably be good to go because he almost played last week, uh, but ended up sitting out. So, um. Henderson, if he's active, you're playing him. Um, if he isn't active, you know, keep Sony Michelle on your bench as a stash and and just in case, because obviously Sony showed last week that when he has the backfield, he can he can produce as well. So um, he's a really nice handcuff to have, even if you don't have Henderson moving into the playoffs. Um, let's get into the starts of the week. Um, at the quarterback position, I'll kick us off here. Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback start of the week. He's, we talked about earlier, back off the bye. Uh, he's still dealing with that toe injury, but I don't think it'll affect him too much. He's playing in Lambeau on Sunday night football against the bears. Um, and because he does own the bears, I expect a big game this week. Um, QB nine on the season. In the last three times playing the Bears, Rodgers has had at least 23 fantasy points. So I expect another big game. <laughs> Which way are you going there? <laughs> Who wants to go? Um, all right, I'll, I'll go next. I'm going with Taysom Hill against the Jets. Uh, we brought it up in the previous episode on the early game slate that Taysom Hill – isn't a very good, you know, NFL quarterback, but he's an excellent fantasy quarterback, and there is a, there is a difference. He's had at least twenty one points in every game that he started in his career over the last two seasons. So tells you all he all he has, you have to really know. He threw four interceptions last week and still had twenty five points, like against, <laughs> and like that, that doesn't make sense. Like you, <laughs> you're supposed to be you know be losing points for that, and you still go go crazy. And on top of that, he can't throw that many picks against the Jets this week because the Jets have four interceptions on the entire season. They're the worst in the NFL about uh, getting uh, takeaways, including interceptions. Taysom Hill should be, you know, easy money. Yeah, it's kind of funny because it reminds me, I was deep in a Twitter thread the other day, and I was reading some guy's tweet about this league that he's in where the scoring is really weird, where every single interception is minus five that quarterback and then every single sack is minus three so i was like well that's probably the only league where Taysom hill like didn't have a solid output obviously because he threw four picks but um anyways i just thought it was funny because i've never seen scoring like that for a quarterback but 
yeah, Taysom Hill is an automatic. That's honestly an insane it's way insane. of scoring. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see the, the scoring for like shit. other positions and see how crazy it is. Because like that, that's nuts. Yeah, that's what I, I told. Mean, that's why like, I said I was like I've never seen that. In my like life. unless you have like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, like you're pissed. Now, like even if you have guys, <laughs> yeah. like even like guys who are normally studs, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar. Lamar Jackson yeah. are both throwing a ton of picks this year, and you're getting killed in that league if you have those guys. Getting like negative 10 points or something. Yeah, that's crazy. Who's your quarterback, Drake? I got Kyler Murray versus the Rams. That uh, seems obvious. It's only be, I only say that because last week I was doubting him, and he bounced back on the great. And uh, he played the Rams in week four and had about you know 22 fantasy points. So I feel like that's a lock. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think that's that chalky of a pick. I mean, the Rams' defense has been good all year. Um, Kyler Murray's just like you know that kind of he's like that dude. Yeah, he's when he's healthy and and things are humming, man, he's pretty incredible. So, um, moving on to running back, Javante Williams uh, is my running back start of the week, and this is kind of a pick just to say like don't be afraid to start him just because Melvin Gordon's probably going to be back. Um, last week without Melvin Gordon, he had 31 total opportunities. Um, but like we talked about earlier, Javante Williams is a really good running back and he should be started no matter what. So my start of the week, Javante Williams. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how can you not love that pick? We've all been on Javante Williams all year. I mean, it like without question. So, um, I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs against the chiefs. Um, and this is, only, uh, you know, Trey said it, said it earlier, um, where, like, if there's going to be a week that Josh Jacobs takes over and becomes, like, the RB1 role, like, you know, finally, like, re-puts himself in that position, it's going to be this week with Kenyon Drake out. Peyton Barber is not a very good running back, like, not, like, you know, in terms of NFL caliber. Jalen Rashard might not play because of COVID. And Josh Jacobs also saw a ton of work through the air last week. Um, it's got to be Josh Jacobs this, this week, and I think he's, Easily top eight running back, probably top five. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. And I'll go on the opposite side. My start of the week is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire versus the Raiders. I'm not really worried about Daryl Williams being back there in Las Vegas. They've been in Torpire uh, running backs all year. And um, last time they played the Chiefs, the Raiders did. Uh, they gave they allowed Daryl Williams to get 100 receiving yards. So I think Clyde will have a good game. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. Uh, you know, I just to go off of that, um, it's it's a great pick. I'm. Are you guys surprised that with Clyde coming back, that they didn't give Daryl Williams more work because um, of how well he played with Clyde out? Not really. I think um, they invested a lot into Clyde, and you know, I know Daryl Williams played well, but I think they they expect the same type of production out of Clyde. And even though it hasn't always been that way, um, I think the team has full faith in, in Clyde Edwards Alaire. Outside of like what the typical fantasy, you know, rumblings are. <laughs> yeah, they saw what Daryl was doing and they're like, Well, let's just put Clyde back there and see if he can do better. Yeah. that's how I feel about it. Yeah, honestly, I it surprised me. I thought Daryl Williams kinda earned, you know, a larger role with Clyde coming back because of how well he played. And it didn't happen. Um, you know, I'm not an NFL coach. You know, Andy Reid's one of the best to ever do it. So I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know, question him. But I, I'm just surprised. Yeah, I think they kind of expect that out of Clyde as well. So 
it'll be interesting. But I, I think Clyde definitely has a big week this week. Um, Jamar Chase is my wide receiver start of the week. Um, wide receiver six on the year. Um, and I know things have not been great as of late, but still we've seen what he can do. Um, should have had a better game last week and just didn't fall his way, but uh, he was close to snagging that touchdown like I talked about earlier. Um, in the last four weeks, the Niners have given up the fifth most fantasy points to the position. Like we talked about earlier, don't be scared to start Jamar Chase. If you have other strong options as well at receiver, you should still be starting Jamar Chase. I think he has a big game this week. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, so. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with DK. I know DK's been, you know, pretty absent as of late um, with Russell coming back, but last week I saw signs of life, specifically right out the gate. I mean, they I think they targeted DK four times in, like, the first quarter. Um, That means that they want to get him involved. They're focusing on doing that, and against, you know, the Texans who are just, you know, like the worst. So at everything almost. Um, I expect him to to really break back out this week and have a huge game. Yeah, me and Trey were both at the sports book last weekend, and which is newly opened here on the eastern side of Washington, and it's only legal there because it's on the reservation. But so we are obviously enjoying the you know ability to legally bet on games, and we both bet on the Niners to win that game, and we're pretty surprised and upset <laughs> how that thing panned out so um but well i'll tell you what man gerald everett did his damnedest to earn you guys yeah, money that week so gerald everett had the same bet we had apparently uh trey who's your receiver uh mine's gonna be mike williams versus the giants i know he's in covid protocol but he tested negative today he's gonna test negative for the rest of the week and so he's gonna play on sunday even if Keenan Allen plays, doesn't matter. Every time the Giants play a competent wide receiver duo, they, they give up points. And we're talking like the Rams, the Bucks, Broncos, Cowboys, good wide receiver cores expose the Giants. Yeah, and you know, if you're the Williams manager and you don't have Allen, you're you're praying that <laughs> Williams gets a, a week of being the number one guy. Um, maybe bring him back to life. So but I think it's possible. Yeah. You know, that actually makes sense, like the competent, like the, the receiving duos against the Giants. Because, like, the Giants' defense is pretty, you know, especially the secondary, is pretty bad overall. But they do have James Bradbury, who's a very good corner by himself. And so it makes sense that, like, Bradbury can only cover one guy and the other guys, like, go off. So that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, nice little dig there from Stinky Frangers. Uh, my tight end start of the week, Dawson Knox. Uh, Niners are in the top 12 for fantasy points, given up to the tight end position. Um, and yeah, you know, even though Dawson Knox that like we talked about, had, didn't have a great game last week in the crazy weather. He's still a focus in this offense when he's healthy and playing. Um, and he's a big red zone target for this team. Like Tyler said earlier, he's basically their number two target um consistently in the in the receiving game um and uh the fact that he's such a good red zone target the Niners are also giving up the third most red zone targets to the tight end position in the last four weeks um throughout the whole NFL so 
the matchup is actually a good one, and I like Dawson Knox a lot this week. For sure. Um, I mean, Dawson Knox, when he's played, has been great. Like, there's no other way to put it, honestly. So, um, I'm going to go with Ricky Seals-Jones. Um, I mean, this kind of sounds like beating a dead horse at this point because, like, basically if Washington's playing, whoever their starting tight end is, is the guy you should be you should start week in week out because they're a top 10 play like every week. They get 100% of the snaps. They're consistently seeing six to eight targets a game and are also targeted pretty heavily in the red zone. Uh, with that being said, Dallas also is a very favorable matchup. They're giving up 14 points per game to tight ends, which is in the bottom 10 of the league. This should just be easy money. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I'm going to go with Gronk versus the Bills. Uh, at this point, it's easy money. I, I'm just pointing that out because I feel like everyone's been sleeping on him. And every time he plays, he gets 17-plus fantasy points in a half PPR league. So um, the Bills have only allowed three touchdowns to tight ends all year, but I don't care. Whatever. It doesn't matter. He's tight end, on the, <laughs> he's tight end nine on the year, and, he has, and he's missed six games. He's a beast. I, I think that so. stat is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So that, that's, he's tight end nine, and he's missed six games. That's, like, that's, that's like, what, 45% of the season? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Um, so, yeah, Gronk, absolute must start. Uh, Stinks, you got some defenses for the people this week. Yeah, I got a handful. I'll go through them real quick. I like uh, the Packers versus the Bears. Last time they played earlier this year, uh, the Packers held them to 14, and that um, they have Jair returning now. So um, I think they'll do good against the Bears, also going against Justin Fields. So it should be decent. Uh, I like the Chargers against the Giants. Either it's post-concussion, Mike Glennon, or Jake Fromm. That's all I need to say. Where's he from? Georgia. <laughs> State Farm. Uh, is he, he went to Georgia, though, right? Yeah, he did. He did. Just and, Jake and, from and State Wa- Farm. It's like yeah, the- and Washington, actually. He transferred to Washington. Oh my bad! I it's the one player I know who went to college. Sorry. No, no, no. You you weren't wrong. <laughs> like, I know it's like the one player I could actually name. That they went to college. It was just the reason. state the State Farm joke. Jake from State Farm. Jake from. I know. I have a horrible sense of humor. <laughs> so I want to move on. The the I, I like the Seahawks versus the Texans. Um, Maybe it was just a bad joke. <laughs> I'm full of them. Um, the Seahawks have been quietly good lately. Keeping teams under 23 points for seven straight weeks. And Houston hasn't scored more than 22 since week one. That's a nice little something I stumbled upon with my fucking little retard brain here. And then uh, moving on, uh, I like the Jets versus the Saints. Taysom threw four picks last week. He is fantasy proof, but he is not fantasy defense proof. So you can also start him against Taysom. You can start Taysom Hill and the defense against him. Is it the first quarterback ever in the history of fantasy? Honestly, you could literally start him and go off of his four picks and get like 10 points off of defense. So it's it's hit or miss. And to put that in the same perspective, I like the Saints against the Jets. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and they're playing the Jets. So I love your reasoning. It's just because the Jets. <laughs> it's, it's, and honestly, you don't need any more reasoning than that. You really don't. Yeah, low-scoring game. I, I think uh, I can get with you on that. So... Uh, I like those picks. Uh, but that'll do it for the matchups this week. Um, so good luck in all your games. Uh, make sure to hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers. You can holler at us, ask us questions, start sit questions. We're happy to answer them and give you our um, takes. Um, 
So, yeah, good luck this weekend, and we will see you next week for a waiver wire show on Tuesday. Later. See you next Tuesday. <laughs>